Hi guys, thank you for joining me on today's episode of the Live Your Dreams podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia Olivia, and let's get right into it. Today's episode is super special because I have a very special guest. Um, This is actually the first interview that I did and the first guest on the podcast, so for those reasons, it's just like extra special. Anyone who knows me knows my sister and knows how much I adore and love her, and I thought she would be an awesome person to have on this podcast because I literally watched her transformation over the last three to four years and it has been phenomenal like literally day and night you know I watched her go through a divorce come out of that and literally recreate herself recreate her identity and build her life back up and that's something that's not easy to do at all so today on this podcast we really get into it oh my god like some of the things we touch on are how your relationships are a reflection of you how you can use conflict within your relationship to grow and become a better person, how your relationship impacts you, um, how you can identify as being in a relationship. So if the relationship ceases to exist, you can feel lost, broken, lonely, confused, all of these things. We talk about like feelings upon exiting relationships, but most importantly, we talk about how to heal yourself spiritually after a breakup or divorce and we talk about the phases of that the emotions that come with that and how there is transformation after that how you can grow so much learn so much and how you can look back and realize that the breakup was the best thing to ever happen to you so just hold tight guys because we really do get into it without further ado here's the episode and i hope you guys enjoy it Hello guys. So today I have one of my favorite people in the whole wide world on my podcast and she is actually the first guest that I have on my podcast as well. So I'm really happy to have her here. I'm so happy that she decided to join me and I'm super excited for today's conversation. Um, Right before we get started, just want to give everyone a heads up. So Today, this conversation is going to be about how to get yourself together spiritually after a breakup. Um, So yeah, we're definitely going to dive deep into those details. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce my sister, Oriana. Hi, Oriana. Hello, everybody. Hello, Anastasia. Thank you so, so much for having me on your podcast. I'm super excited. And this is actually my first podcast recording. So first for you, <laughs> first for me. Um, super excited to be here. Super excited to um, come in and discuss this topic with you because it is an important topic, you know. So mm-hmm. thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah. So this is also my first interview, guys. So please go easy on me. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out this thing as I go. Um, but yeah, so I brought Ariana on because I think she definitely is like a wealth of knowledge. She has so much information, like so many experiences, especially as it relates to relationships. Um, you know, I have some, but a lot of mine I got from her and like learned from her as well. And I also know that relationships are very relatable for people like everyone goes through them. Everyone's experienced a relationship in some capacity. So I think it's something that a lot of people could relate to, like 
I don't know anyone who hasn't been through a breakup or a end of a relationship or the relationship, you know, transitioning to something different or like looking different. So all of those things can cause a lot of emotions for us. Sometimes we don't know how to handle them. Sometimes we don't handle them well. We go through a lot of different phases when things go from good to bad to worse to ugly. (laughs) Then they kind of get a little bit better, you know, like slowly you kind of creep back up. So for anyone that may be going through anything like that, I hope that you find this conversation to be helpful. Um, So, Ariana, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, your relationship history, maybe even things that you've learned and like kind of how yours may have started off. So just kind of give us a little bit of background about your experience with relationships. Um, Okay, so uh, it's funny because uh, at this point in my life, this is actually the longest that I've been single. (laughs) Um, and I guess, I guess it's funny. I know starting off the conversation talking like that, but, um, I've been single, I guess, single and dating, you know, I guess for maybe about three years now, but which is, which I guess may be a long time. But, um, Mm -hmm. prior to that though, I'm like the consummate relationship person. That is just what I know. I know about being in a committed relationship, you know? So my first I guess, experience with it was actually pretty young. Um, I was a teenager. I was in my first serious relationship lasted from about the ages of 13 to 19, actually. Um, and I know that sounds young and I know that, you know, people might not believe that you can, well, hopefully people believe that you can have real feelings at that age, because if they're real to you, they're real, you know? Um, but you don't have the benefit of wisdom, knowledge, experience. And so, you know, it can be rough. So that was my first relationship. Um, we were both pretty young and, um, I, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we, we carried on quite a bit because I didn't know how to communicate properly. I yelled and carried on and cursed and, you know, um, it was, it was rough. And then, (laughs) and then when it was all said and done, we ended up breaking up when I was 19, um, because I, I found out that he was cheating on me. And I was in college at the time. I was going to Columbia, uh, Columbia uh, College at Columbia University. And um, I remember specifically because it was like near a midterm time. And um, I just, I couldn't get it together. Like I couldn't get it together. Like after finding out that that had happened, I just, that that aside from school was my he you know aside from school was my world and he was what I guess would be considered like my bet like you know my good friend like I talked to him all the time and so when he wasn't there it really it really affected me and I couldn't focus I couldn't focus and I'm I'm a good student like that is who I am I go to school I'm a good student I don't have those type of you know things going on in school and I couldn't so that was actually my first experience going to therapy. I went to, um, I forgot what they call it now, but most college campuses have, you know, health, health services. 
and a part of that contains um, the psychological department, things of that nature. I'm sure that's not my fault. Counseling, <laughs> the counseling department. <laughs> and um, and I wasn't right. I was jacked up, and I went there, and I was like, "Listen, I need to talk to somebody because I'm not right. I only want to lay in my bed, and I didn't want to go out, and I only wanted to lay in the bed in the dark. On top of that, like I was really, I was struggling. Um, and so that was my first experience with it. Um, it wasn't super extensive, um, maybe just just the nature of college therapy. I really don't know. I feel like I went for uh, a handful of appointments. Um, and I don't remember really bonding with the therapist at all. But I do what I do remember was coming out of therapy and realizing that there is a benefit to talking to someone objective, someone who doesn't know you, who doesn't know the things about what's going on. There's a benefit to talking to someone objective because they can they are outside of the situation and are not emotionally tied to it. And so they can see more than you can see. So the main thing that I remember her pulling out was um, the fact that I was like suffering from abandonment issues, um, you know, because he had left and I had invested so much time and I just felt so betrayed. And I, I felt like, you know, everyone was going to leave me. Like, you know, I had given my best to this thing and it didn't work. And so I remember that. And, um, and it was helpful at the time, you know, it was helpful at the time. And then shortly after that, um, actually was when I met, not even met, not even met, but was when I started dating officially the person who was now my ex-husband. So I was 19 when I started that relationship and I had actually met him when I was 13. So we grew up knowing each other, um, you know, seeing each other in the neighborhood and, um, then when I was 19, he had heard through a, you know, a mutual friend that I was single and reached out. <laughs> and I remember when he reached out, I was so mean to that man. Oh, it was terrible. I'm glad that he, he <laughs> I'm glad that he, he was a strong person and he was just like, listen, I just want to take you out. Like, why are you so angry? <laughs> but I was, I was mad. I was mad at all men. I didn't believe it. I wasn't drinking the Kool-Aid. I didn't buy it. And I thought he was going to be just like the other one. And so I, you know, was like, no, nah, I'm good. You know, um, but eventually, you know, I ended up going out and we went to the movies or something. And literally that was the beginning of everything. Cause after that we were like inseparable for many, 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 many years. So, um, uh, so I don't know if you want me to kind of roll into that or if you had any want me to stop. Oh, no, that's fine. Um, I also want to know, so how many years are we talking about here? For the this, people who don't know. Wait, the, the, my, so, okay. So I met, I met my ex when I was 13. We started dating when I was 19. Um, we had our son when I was 28 and we got married when I was 31 and then I think divorced maybe about four years after that, somewhere between, I think I was like 34, 35. I'm sorry, I don't remember the exact. So it was a long time. Needless to say, at a minimum, we were together for 15 years, at a minimum. And it's probably more than that, uh, really. I really think it is more than that. Um, so a long time. So pretty much, pretty much we spent our, you know, our not critical years, but, you know, your 20s, your 20s, you young, you popping, you going places, you know, like. That's the fun time, right? And we spent kind of those years together. Um, yeah. And it was good. I mean, honestly, it was great. I mean, honestly, it was great. Like, I wouldn't have spent that much time with someone if I did not enjoy their company, if I did not enjoy being in the relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. So, 
I have a question. So what do you think can be some of the pros and cons of like spending your growing years with someone, right? Because it's like, that's hard. You know, like if you guys are growing together, I guess it's fine. But I also think it's hard to assess like or put a cap or kind of know like how much you would grow without this person, you know, being there like you kind of don't know. So do you think that it's something that you would recommend or do you feel people should just be, you know, single till they get older? Because I do think that it can work if you guys are both growing, but it gets kind of tricky. Yeah, I think you you I think you hit on the key thing right there. It can work if you guys are both growing together. And I think that a lot of times people get together, they get comfortable, and then life happens and people start to change and they're afraid of the change. And then they don't want to let their partner know that they're changing because their partner is comfortable with the version of them that they're used to. Right. So I think that is the real core issue for kind of growing up through your 20s in a committed monogamous relationship what what do I think you know that's a hard question that's Mm -hmm. a hard question because I'm grateful for all the relationship experience that I gained throughout those years but I also very much think there's something to be said for having a time of just kind of being single and being independent and dating and meeting people and figuring out what you want, what you don't want, what you like, what you don't like. And I think that when you get into relationships at such a young age, you you don't know those things. And so as you grow with that person, if you guys are honest and communicating, the relationship can grow and thrive as well. So it's, it's, it's hard. I'm sorry. And I know that's not a straight answer um, because I really think there are pros and cons. So it's almost like I, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I can't give a straight answer, but I, but I, but I, again, I do very much think that there is something to be said for being single and just navigating as an individual in the world and figuring mm-hmm. out what that looks like for you, because you yeah. will then take those experiences and bring them, bring them into the committed relationship. And I think that you're more of a well-rounded person for it, mm-hmm. if that is any answer. Yes. So one of the things that I also want to ask you about, so we're talking about like being in a relationship for that extended period of time. Um, I know you were telling me something recently about the concept of like relationships being mirrors, right? So I guess if you approach the, the relationship from that perspective, like it can give you a lot of opportunities for growth. Right. right. Um, yes. I we spoke a bit about like how conflict can help you grow and conflict is there for you to learn a lot about yourself or learn more about yourself. And I think that there's like kind of twofold. So it's like relationships are mirrors of you in the sense that you're attracted to the person that you're attracted to for some reason. Like mm-hmm. I think you guys kind of meet each other where mm-hmm. you are. So I think a lot of times it's easy to get into a relationship with someone who's like, quote unquote, toxic or like not good. But then there's like on the flip side, like there's something about this person that attracted me to them. Maybe they had something that I didn't have or like maybe they met me where I was at. So, for instance, if you're with someone who's like jealous, you know, and they're like, where are you going? Who you with? Like you could possibly be feeling insecure about yourself. So you feeling like they're being jealous. It's like, oh my God, he cares. Like, you know, he's interested. He wants to know he's all on top of me. So it can like kind of make you feel good. 
So I think there's that aspect of relationships being mirrors from the concept of you attract who you are. And then it's also like the conflicts that occur within the relationship kind of expose you to yourself and how you deal with those conflicts. There's anything that you want to add there? Like, Agreed. So, I mean, that's a lot of kind of, you know, the stuff that we've been learning and that we talk about all the time um, that I just recently, not even recently, but I, I just, as of late, began to have a fuller understanding of it. But this whole, this whole, you know, this whole concept of vibrations and, 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 and attracting what, attracting people at the energy level that you are at, basically. So I think there's a part of that in terms of attracting people um, who are either in a similar space as you, or like you said, or you will attract someone who has a quality about them that you admire or that you want to have, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and then the the other side of it is, right, is the conflicts in the relationships are, the conflicts can show you the places within yourself where you are most emotionally sensitive, I would say, mm. you know? Yeah. And I, th- that, that would probably be the way that I would put it. And yeah. so, so in that way, it's, it can be a mirror. Yeah. I think that's definitely true from the perspective of like your partner could say something to you when you feel triggered. And now, yes. like, you're all defensive. And he's like, whoa, like, whoa. why are you getting like this? And, like, you're all mad and ruffled up. Like, why would you say that? And it's like, right. well, I mean, right. I, I just said X, Y, and Z. Like, why are you so defensive? Why are you so mad? So I think, like, things like that can kind of, like, bring up the root for or exactly. let you know or be an indicator of there is something there. I'm not sure what that is or why you were triggered by that. But there's definitely something there. And I think being able to acknowledge that is like critical because you'll run through your relationship feeling like you stepping on gold mines and this person is coming at you and whole time like you have some things that aren't healed. You have some things that are like triggering you that you haven't dealt with. So it's like, is it really them or like it kind of could be you? But I think the first instinct is to get very defensive and get mad and feel like they coming for you. Um, And then, you know, there's also the flip side of like, I think I read something where it said like it was talking about communication and how we communicate and it was like so out of like a hundred percent I think like maybe 60 something percent is like nonverbal and like 39 percent is tone and like one percent is what you actually <laughs> said and I was like can you imagine that like only yeah. 1% is what you actually said. And the rest yeah. of it is like the neck rolling, you know, whatever. And then it's the tone. So there's ways that people can communicate things with you to not be hurtful. Like we're not talking about like someone screaming and calling you out your name and talking to you crazy. Right. No. That's that's a cause for being defensive. But if right. someone says something, you know, innocently like level tone, normal tone, and you're like affected, it's like, whoa, you know, there's definitely an, an indication that something could um that there could be something to dig further into and like take a look at, or maybe something that has to be healed or that has not been healed from your previous relationship. Um, And I think just to add to that, something that we were kind of talking about too recently was the fact that anger is normally a secondary emotion. So Mm -hmm. people's first response is to be angry, but at the end of the day, anger is really masking or sitting on top of some other emotion, whether Mm -hmm. that's jealousy, fear, shame, Mm -hmm. embarrassment, 
that's that is what is really triggering you to give off this angry response. But people don't go that deep. You know what mm. I mean? People get into conflicts and instead and that's the thing about it where you can look at conflicts as a way to kind of grow yourself and to grow mm-hmm. the relationships if you look at them constructively and not be so defensive about the things that are going on. And and there's a part of it where you have to be honest. Right. And that's a real thing. People don't, I don't want like to generalize, but I think it's very difficult for people to be honest with themselves, first of all. <laughs> what says to be honest with your partner? You know what I mean? And so if you're operating from that vantage point, then that's not where the real work is being done. The real work is being done in in the honest part, you know? So yeah, agreed. Yeah, definitely. And just to kind of dig a little deeper in that, like, why do you think it's hard for people to be honest within their relationship? Because a lot of times you'll hear like, you lied to me and you didn't tell me what was going on and you didn't tell me that you felt this way and da-da-da-da-da. And I know that we have spoke a little about this before, but, you know, one of the things that I hear or that first thing that comes to my mind is you can't handle the truth. Right. A lot of people is running around saying, I want you to be honest and I want the truth. And it's like, as soon as you get it, you ready to pass the fuck out. You cannot handle what was being said. (laughs) And I think you were one of the people that told me like, hey, listen, do not ask questions that you're not ready to hear the answer for. Everybody want to be truth, truth on the truth, choo-choo train to the truth, knock your ass down. And you fucked up now because you wasn't ready. That is a you know? that is a very real thing. Yes. Um. Wait, so the question is, why is it so difficult? Yeah, I think that it's difficult. Why? Because I think at the end of the day, because we're afraid of losing the person that we care about. I think that's what it really boils down to. We're afraid that this thing that we are going to say is going to cause the person that we love or care about to leave us or to look at us differently or to not relate to us in the same way that they used to, that we are used to them relating to us. Mm. And we're not realizing that sometimes that's necessary. Sometimes mm-hmm. that change, that shakeup is necessary for growth. I think we were talking about this too, where you have to kind of look at the arguments and the relationships as a cycle. You know, you may have disagreements, but based depending on how you get through them, when you're done, hopefully you're ending at a higher place together than where you started. And mm-hmm. if you keep on, then you can keep growing. But if you are not willing to be honest, or if your partner does not feel like they can trust you with their honesty, then you have a real problem. Mm. You have a real problem. And that's the thing when people, like, I think we we talked about this example. Like, you know, when a woman is saying to her man, like, yeah, so babe, you know, things, I don't know, like things don't feel quite right with us. Like, I, I feel like we're not connecting. I feel like we're not talking. I feel like, you know, we haven't been intimate like we used to, you know, what's going on? Now that's the question, right? <laughs> But is she ready for the real answer? <laughs> People ask that question all the time. But then now, if the man comes up and the man's like, yeah, babe, you know, you're right. You know, you're right. I haven't been I haven't been feeling quite myself. You know, I don't really know what's going on. But, you know, I'm just feeling a bit unfulfilled. I'm feeling like maybe I'm missing out on something, you know, and it's not you. But, you know, I am out and I have to be honest and say that I see women that pass me. And, you know, I do look and I am feeling maybe attracted to some people and I don't really know what to do with that. Nobody want to hear that. <laughs> Nobody want to hear that. But you asked, and that's the truth. 
And at the end of the day, whether or not you acknowledge what this man has said, that is how he is feeling. And right. based on how he's feeling, that's how he's going to act. So whether you acknowledge right. it or not, that's right. the truth. Right. You know what I mean? And so if now your man says this and you're like, what? What the blip? You want to whatever, whatever, and hit him over the top of the head, whatever the case may be, <laughs> that's not beneficial. Right. That's not beneficial. It's not changing how he feels and you're not getting to anything useful about fixing what is wrong. And so I just find that people, again, so the men are not honest because, again, not generalizing, but sometimes men are not honest because they feel like the women can't handle the truth. The woman is going to spaz. The woman might leave them. And then the flip side is the woman really is not prepared for the truth. She's not prepared to hear that her man is looking at another chick. She's not prepared to hear that her man might be interested in another woman or whatever. But what I realize now from my experience is by not having that difficult conversation, you're putting yourself in line to have a very, very bad or significantly worse situation occur later down the line. So it's better for you to deal with this thing at this moment and not mm-hmm. nip it in the bud, but just examine it. Figure it out. What's wrong? Why do you feel like you need someone else? What is it that I'm not doing? And it doesn't even have to be the woman. It could be something that the man is going through within himself. Maybe, you know, whatever. Maybe he lost his job. Maybe something about his boys. He's feeling insecure. He feels like he needs he needs to be related to in a particular kind of way that maybe you guys have grown out of that space. You know, because new relationships are fresh. They're fun. They're popping. But you five, six, seven, ten years later, it ain't popping like that, maybe. So maybe mm-hmm. he just wanted some of that excitement, and maybe there are things that can be done to spice this up. But mm-hmm. if you don't open up and have that conversation, where are you? It's not gonna happen. It's not yeah. gonna happen. And I just find, and 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 I really feel that way personally. I do. I really feel like I wish that I had this mentality, whatever, four or five years ago. You know, when things were going on in my relationship to be more open. But, you know, sometimes the thing about it is too, I think, I think, I, I, I'm not even think, I've had this thought before, is that sometimes you have to give your partner a little bit of faith. You have to have faith in your partner. I think a lot of times people feel like you're going to tell someone something, they're going to spaz out and they're going to leave you. But mm-hmm. I think what is being forgotten is that this person loves you. Mm-hmm. Not enough. This person loves you. This person has decided to actively be in this relationship with you. Not even in a marriage. We're not talking about marriage. It's a regular relationship. Mm-hmm. This person loves you. And so if you, whatever, let's say, I, I'm trying to think of something. So if you're hurt mm-hmm. and, and this person loves you, they're going to be there for you. So it's, I have to, it's like looking at it like an emotional hurt, an emotional longing, whatever that is. You have to have some faith in your partner that when you share this with them, it's going to be surprising to them. That mm-hmm. first day or two, it might be a problem. Mm-hmm. They, may, they may not know what to do with that information, but hopefully when they mm-hmm. calm down, because you can't really think that well when you're all insane in your brain with anger, but when they calm down, they'll step back and say, all right, well, this is the truth of the matter. My man feels like this. My girl mm-hmm. feels like this. What are we going to do here? How are we going to make this work? And then maybe they'll come back with something constructive. So I just, right. I just feel like people need to have more faith in their partners that that they'll that they'll catch them that they'll support them you know i think yeah so i think that the faith in the partner so i think two okay. things i think okay. the faith in the partner comes with the relationship being 
foundationally sound, right? Okay. Like okay. if there's already cracks, if this person has already demonstrated that you can't trust them, you right. know, if maybe they've used information that you've shared with them personally, like against you, because that's the other thing. So, right. you know, that faith is hard to come by. And I also, not saying it's hard to come by, but that faith, in those situations, that faith can be hard to come by. And also, what I found with guys is you really have to create a safe space for them. Yeah. Like, I think there are some guys that really do want to be honest, but they just like, yo, if I tell my girl, she's going to bug the fuck out. She's just going to bug the fuck out. And I'd rather suppress and deny and, deny. and do everything to not have her bug the fuck out. But it's kind of like, not like a puppy, but it's like you have to do it like, Little by little. So, like, if you bugging out on small things, he know you're going to bug out on the big one. So, when you create that safe space, but it also works to your benefit. When you create that safe space the first time and that conversation goes well, he's like, oh, well, I told you before. She didn't bug out. So, maybe it won't be that bad. Maybe I can try, you know, to tell her this because she has a history of responding well to things like this and taking constructive criticism well. You know, yes, but yes. if he just thinks you're going to bug the fuck out, that nigga's going to lie because he not going to want to do. Who wants to deal with that? Like, honestly, like nobody wants to deal with that. So I get it. But then also going back to the relationship, not being like fundamentally sound. Right. If I already don't trust you and I think you a liar and I already think you've been fucking with so and so. And then when I asked you, babe, what's wrong? You hit me with that. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> oh, like, yeah, no, 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 no. Well, you took me over the edge. So, okay. You are right. These are lots no, of like, uh, But it's, it's one of those things that's like, Damn. you know? Right. So I think that those concepts really work well in theory if the relationship is already on the up and up, you know? Um... But I do, I can see how they can go, you know, really bad as well. And like you said, even if you do trust the partner, it's still really not easy hearing those things because it hurts you. Like, it, it, it bruises your ego. You're like, damn, I'm not good at, like, you know, like, you have to get outside of your own self. And that's not easy for a lot of people to do. So that's why they delay, delay, push it down the line. And then you, you know, you get caught up later down the line. And you're like, well, you should have told me. He's like, I tried, you know? So I don't know. I wish I had something better to say, but regardless, <laughs> I still feel like the truth is the best thing. I know, free? But, but <laughs> because again, even if the person is going to spaz, the alternative six months or a year later is they're going to find out that you cheat and y'all ain't going to be together. So what are we doing here? We but just then, holding on? What are we doing? Yeah. Right? That's the thing is that people need to realize not dealing with it doesn't make it go away. But then from the guy's perspective, I'm not going to say all guys, but you okay. know the guy, I feel like they rather take the risk like my girl ain't going to leave me. You know, that's how they move. They rather take the risk. Or she's not going to find out. Or she's not going to find find out. out. (laughs) They have sense. That's what they think. She ain't going to find out. And if she find out, you know, so (laughs) it gets tricky. But you're right. I think the truth, if the truth doesn't kill you, it will set you free. (laughs) That's the caveat. (laughs) Uh, But (laughs) 
I, I mean, I definitely think that's the high road to take. It's just, it's, it's, it's so interesting. Okay. You know, and it's funny because uh, I can say that from my perspective. You know, <laughs> I can say that now that I am, I am out of a marriage and that I feel like things could have went differently had mm-hmm. we been more truthful, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it, yeah, so I'm looking at it like no matter what that pain would have been going through those difficult conversations, mm-hmm. I think it may have been worth it. You know, yeah. so so that that's the thing too is is perspective. So, um, <laughs> that's interesting. Okay, yeah. so yeah. this is like some of the not milestones, but you know the ups and downs riding the waves of the relationship. So, you're in a relationship for this period of time, and then the relationship ceases to exist. Right? right. We get to the end, you guys split apart. Um, so at that point, like. <laughs> I don't want to say what happens, but <laughs> at that point, yeah, like, honey, that's because a- we know there's phases of a breakup, right? So for someone who was fresh off the breakup boat, like we know it's very traumatic um, to say I- this. <laughs> yeah, that thing right there, it's almost surreal. I mean, it depends on how long you've been in a relationship and what kind of relationship we're talking about. But you know, but but yes, that that thing when you're fresh off the boat. Well, at least for me, I didn't even know up or down. The I think the only thing that kept me going was my child and the fact that I knew he had to go to school. I knew he had to eat. I knew where I needed to be to pick him up and drop him off or whatever the case may be. So all of that to say routine. So if you don't have a child, a routine, maybe getting up, going to work, doing these things, just kind of keeping yourself going so that you don't succumb to the depths of <laughs> I'm dead ass serious. I'm dead ass serious. Sometimes just getting by is enough. And and I and I did a lot of just getting by. Like I was a bit of a not a zombie but a shell. I was a bit of a shell. You just you get up and thankfully that good old subconscious mind and those habits and those things they kick in and you don't got to think too hard about it. You get up, you go to work, you make this food, you pick up the baby, you do what you got to do. So I did that for some time. Um and I mean, if, if you're asking like the feelings that I felt, I mean, I, so, oh, so I'm sorry. So I should probably say, so yeah, so my, 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 the relationship, my long-term relationship, it ended due to um, my ex being unfaithful um, and that, and I discovered that and, um, uh, you know, I don't want to be like, you know, me being who I am, but, but yeah, me being who I am, I couldn't deal with that at that time. Uh, with him in the same home as me because despite this thing that y'all hear and see, there's a real crazy girl that used to reside up in here and she might still actually be here. So so at that Don't time... She is. So, <laughs> so at that time, it was safer for everyone if he wasn't in the same space as me. So we had to we had to get some space between us pretty quickly once I figured that out. Um, and then once once I did that, um, I mean, I was devastated. There's no truth about it. I was absolutely fucking devastated. Like, I mean, that was my whole life. That was my life. That was my identity. That's who I was. I was, I was a wife. I was a mother. Like I had a whole family, like that I was in the midst of participating in the raising of, you know, like, like that's who I was. And so I think that that's a part of it that people don't realize too, is Mm -hmm. that when you leave a long-term relationship, that is really a shift in identity because Mm -hmm. after a certain time, you identify as a unit, mm-hmm. you know, as a yeah. unit, people know you, it's you and you, y'all together, hey, what's good? 
you know, and so then you're not. And then there's people asking, hey, where's so-and-so? Hey, what's up? Y'all, y'all good? Names on Facebook is changing. What's up? You know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. And it's just stuff that you're not in a place to deal with. So it is hard. I mean, I was was devastated. I was hurt. I was embarrassed. I was, I felt like a failure. Then there's that. I felt like a failure. Yeah, because a marriage is something that you work at. And I certainly didn't get married with an intention to get divorced. I never, 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 never. If you ask me, well, Rihanna, where you see yourself at 40? Not, I'm not 40, y'all. I ain't 40 yet. I'm just saying. If anyone said, you know, where you see yourself at 40? Um, I'd have been like a single divorced mom. What? Who's, who, who's trying to do that? You know, so no, that wasn't, that wasn't what it was. So really, I had to create a new life for myself mm-hmm. because I didn't know what this life by myself looked like mm-hmm. so it's it's hard and 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 on top of doing that you're doing it with the emotions and you know hopefully I pray that you know who you are you have a friend you have a sister you have a mother you have someone that you can talk to during those moments those initial moments where you just don't know you're up or down like it's just the truth surreal is the right word like it's just like time it doesn't even make sense and then, and then that happens for a while. And then you come around and you're like, all right, so this thing is real. I'm not, I'm no longer with this person. Now what? <laughs> now, mm-hmm. what am I trying to do here? Am I trying to date? I know I'm jacked up on the inside. Is it even a wise thing for me to be trying to date? You know, you go through all of these phases. And so for me, um, I, I, I guess, I guess, you know, I tried my hand at dating a bit. Uh, that didn't go well. Um, it, it didn't go well. And in retrospect now, I know why it didn't go well. It didn't go well because I was not in a good space to be attracting what I wanted. I was, mm. I was fucked up. I was attracting mm. fucked up shit. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's what, it simply put, that's what was happening. Um, but, uh, sorry. Um, you know, so I, I, I tried my hand at dating. And I realized I was mad. I was really angry. Mm. I was really, really angry. Mm-hmm. I, I had lost all faith and hope in men. Mm. Period. <laughs> like, like, that's just it. I know you know. I know anyone who really knows me knows that this girl right here was like, fuck that. Fuck you. Fuck mother. I was mad. I was really mad. And, and it's not healthy. You know, it's not a healthy way to be. Um, and, and I didn't want to be that way. Because that's not who I am by nature. Mm-hmm. It's just that this situation has put me in a place where I couldn't connect with who I was. Like, it, it mm-hmm. made me into a different person. Mm-hmm. So after a time, and not even very long, because I, as I was, you know, in my brain thinking about what we were going to talk about, I realized that let's say I got divorced in, I want to say it was December of 20, no, no, no. Well, finalized in about December of 2017. But um, I started therapy. I decided that it was necessary for me to get my brain together. And if not for me, for my child, because he didn't ask for this. He didn't ask to be in this world. He didn't ask for whatever's going on between me and his father. He didn't ask to have his family broken up. He didn't ask to have a mother who bugged the hell out. Like he ain't asked for that. And it was my responsibility to get my marbles back inside my brain because I just didn't feel right. I didn't feel, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just felt all the way off. So I went on, where did I go? I want to say it's like psychologytoday.com, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, but I mean, you guys can Google it, but I, I want to say it was like 
maybe it's not psychology today, maybe it's psychology.com, but it's just, it, it was a web, and I'm sorry, because we, we can find out what it is, mm-hmm. but there's a website. I'll and, link it in the show notes, guys. Yeah, yeah. we, um, there's a website that you go to and you kind of put in your zip code and then it will give you people, therapists who are in your area. It'll tell you the um, insurances they accept and it'll give you their contact information. It'll tell you their, their specialities. Um, and so on and so forth. And so I did that. And I think I, I think I reached out to like maybe five or less, probably less than five. And out of those people, maybe let's say three got back to me and said something decent or whatever. And so I went with one of them. Um, and honestly, it's probably the best thing that I could have ever done Mm. for me, me personally. And let's just be clear that I happen to believe in psychology. My, my degree is in psychology. I happen to believe that you can help yourself and you can make your brain and you can get your emotions back in order through talking with someone. I happen to believe that I do. Um, or, and, and it's not just the talking, it's not just the talking, but it's what the talking represents, which is the uncovering of the deeply rooted emotions that are really at the core of what is keeping you standing still, what's keeping you from where you want to be. That's what the talking is about. The talking is 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 getting to these things. Um. So, so yeah. So I started therapy uh, last year, and I go once a week, and I still do. I still do. I do. I'm not late. <laughs> I don't miss my appointments because <laughs> uh, it's important. Um. And then again, and 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 if it's and it's if it's about cost, some a lot of them take health insurances. Some of them will go based on income. You know, some of them have a sliding scale. So don't be discouraged if you feel like, oh, I ain't got $150 to drop on this thing. It may not be that. And you won't know until you inquire. You know what I mean? So it's worth it to at least go that far to figure out if they accept your insurance or if not, if they will go based on income or something like that. So. Okay. So then you start going through therapy for about little over a year. So going to therapy, what shifts did you notice? Did you notice like an initial change or did you just had like a mini series of breakthroughs or was it like a series of events or like one like catapult event that changed everything? Or do you think it's just like the compound effect of going that had the most impact? That's so funny. So I feel like I was the problem child at therapy. I really do. <laughs> um, I do. Me and my therapist, we So to answer the question, um, it wasn't one particular thing. If I had to say anything, it probably is the compound effect. And and, and a part of it is beginning to see, oh man, it's, 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 a part of it was listening to what's being said to you, figuring out how you feel about what's being said to you, integrating kind of whatever suggestions into your life or at least trying and and then kind of seeing small results like Mm -hmm. I think small wins I think Mm -hmm. the small wins in changes in your disposition or maybe just your your external world based on who you are changing Mm -hmm. but those changes I think they begin to add up so I mean I I I have to say it was probably like a compound effect um Mm -hmm. But I just remember, oh, man, we would have these arguments. My therapist, she would, because t- I would tell her, there ain't no good men out there. I don't believe it. I'm like, nope, where they at? 
and she would be like, <laughs> she'd be like, Oriana, you have to, you, you you have to look, you have to actually look to see them. And she's like, if you think that they're not there, and if you think negative, you won't see them. I'm like, what do you mean I ain't gonna see them? Isn't the man standing in front of me? <laughs> and I mean, and we will go back and forth. And she'd be like, yes, the man is standing in front of you, but he may not be attracted to you because of this thing that you're giving off. And so he's not going to see you and you're not going to really see him in the mm-hmm. same way that you just pass people in the streets. You're mm-hmm. not going to connect because mm-hmm. of the emotional space that you're in. And for mm-hmm. that reason, you're going to miss it. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, that's bullshit. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I was so angry and crazy. Bless my heart, cause I was, I was, I was good and crazy. Um, <laughs> and I remember, I remember specifically having sessions where I would tell her that I felt hopeless mm. and, and she would get very, she, she, she didn't like that. Not that she would get mad, but she would really be concerned. Like when you, when you tell people you feel hopeless, they get very concerned about you. Mm. So, so I, you know, I told her that I, but that was the truth. That was where I was. Like it had been however long it had been between the separation this is the longest I've been single. The men I was out there, the, the prospects were looking very slim. You know, I'm not getting any younger. So, I mean, that that was how I felt. So, <clears throat> what shifted? She would talk to me a lot about dating for the purpose of figuring out what you want and what you don't want. Because mm-hmm. she knew I was dating. And I would tell her, oh, met this guy, whatever, whatever. And she's like, that's good. I'm like, what do you mean? That's good. It's not good. He don't got a job. He ain't got good sense. She's like, okay, so now you know you want someone who's employed. Now you know you want someone who's intelligent. And she would always try and just kind of pull out the things that I could learn from it that I just, I had the blinders on. And every and we will go through this. And honestly, I tell you, I kid you not, if I, if I wasn't on the other side of it, I wouldn't even be able to say it. But it was beneficial. It was. Dating and figuring out what you want, what you don't want, what you're going to tolerate, what you're not going to tolerate, it builds up a strength. It mm-hmm. builds up a confidence. Mm-hmm. It builds up an assertiveness. And mm-hmm. that is what is necessary to get the person that you deserve. Mm-hmm. Because I think that a lot of times we accept less than or we accept what we think we can get, not realizing that you got to know what you want and you got to hold these people's feet to the fire. Don't let them come in here half-assing it. And if they are, that's not the person for you. But people get so caught up in having a person that you latch on to the first thing that comes by, and that may not be the best thing for you. Right. But, you know, so 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 there was there were definitely parts of it that pertain to that. Um and then there's and then, you know, there's a lot of learning about yourself, you know, learning about yourself. There's there's that part of therapy and learning. You know, I'm trying to think of whatever, you know, I'm trying to think of anything I could use as an example for myself. But, you know, maybe let's. hmm, Yeah, I was going to say, what about like the journaling? So I know that throughout the process, (laughs) there was a point when you were not for journaling. You was like, I just can't. (laughs) I I know, I know. Because why? There was definitely a block there. Because I couldn't see because I couldn't see a future for myself. And it's a real thing. That hopelessness, that place where you just can't see anything better, that's a bad space, you know? Mm-hmm. And 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 you can't 
what I'm realizing now about all the things that I'm learning and reading about manifestation, the law of attraction, visualization, all of these things is that you have to have the image in your mind of mm -hmm. your future for it to realize itself. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a hopeless space and you can't even picture what it would look like for you to have a good man, that's not good. Mm -hmm. That's not good. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's a work in progress. Mm -hmm. But so at that time, I was still in that space where it was like, I kept a prayer journal because I'm always grateful. I'm grateful every day for life. I'm grateful for my child. I'm grateful for my blessings. So it was easy for me to be like, thank you, God, for this, that, and the third. That I could see. But the, the, the part about me connecting with another man and what that would look like in my life, and my, I, I couldn't. Mm. And so I was blocked, literally. Mm. It was a block for me. Okay. And then, but it seems like over time, you were able to write like little bits, like you write like little stuff. And I think it was the cutest thing because she would go like, I would always buy her journals and she would go. Yes, like, I have about oh, seven like, journals that she's bought. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, I have nothing. And then she would write like a little thing, a little thing, a little thing. And then now like you have this whole like manifesto <laughs> for it's like this like dissertation oh that's so funny <laughs> that's yes, super yes. Thing. my list like, your um your uh manifesto <laughs> my manifesto it's not a manifesto first of all <laughs> um what are we talking about here are we talking about uh my my qualities and traits that i is that what we're talking about yes the things that I want in a partner. And I don't know. It was just, it was hard, probably for the same reason. It was just difficult. Why? If I had to really think why, I don't know why it was so hard for me to believe. You know why? Or at least a part of the reason why is because I was tired, <laughs> to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. And I really felt at a deficit. I felt like I had given my every ounce of myself to this marriage. And that shit did not leave me where I needed to be. Mm. And I felt like if that's the case and I did that, then I don't have anything more to give to something new, to someone mm -hmm. new. And so I'm like, if I don't have more to give to this new relationship and I gave everything before and that got me nowhere, then I'm definitely not going to get anything out of this new one because I ain't even got nothing to give to it. <laughs> and that's the truth. That was the logic that I felt. I was like, yo, I'm tapped. And I, and I told, you know, I, I said, I need someone to deposit into my emotional bank. That's what I need because I don't have nothing else to give. And that was the space that I was in. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, but, but, you know, my therapist kept saying, it's important. You got to push through. You have to attempt to start thinking about the qualities that you want. And so gradually I did. <laughs> I did a whole lot. <laughs> so gradually I did. So she, yeah, she's laughing at me because now... And, and don't think I'm insane, and it's not insane, not insane, but now I have a very um, um, sizable uh, list of, <laughs> of qualities that I am looking for in a partner. Now, this is not a check-off box, you got to meet all 30. It's not that, but it just gives you a framework for the priorities and the things that are important to you. Mm -hmm. And so if you meet someone and you got, let's say, 20 things, and they, they only got about three, we may have to throw them back. Mm -hmm. They ain't got to have all 20, but we need more, you know? And right. it just gives you a framework and it gives you something not to aspire towards, but I just feel like 
we need to believe that we deserve the best. I know when I'm getting in a relationship, I am giving my A game. I'm giving everything. And I deserve that in return from anyone mm-hmm. who's trying to involve themselves with me. So that's kind of, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, and it's been helpful. Now I'm supposed to read that list regularly. I don't actually. Yes, probably, <laughs> but, probably once in the morning and once at night. I don't know. <laughs> I'm supposed but, to read it more, but I don't, you know, just to keep it in my spirit. But yeah. Writing it was a big deal for me. Yeah, I know. It was a major, a major accomplishment yeah. for me. Yeah, it was because I was just, I was, and I, and I hate to say it because I wish that I could be like, it was a breakthrough moment. It wasn't a breakthrough. It really was just, a, I think, a place of me kind of getting back to being emotionally sound. Right. And I can make better intellectual decisions because my emotions were in a more stable place and I wasn't right. feeling so lonely and needy you know mm-hmm. now because I and just so y'all know I'm still single hey I'm still single <laughs> and, and so it's not like I'm speaking this because now I'm in this wonderful relationship and everything is great no I'm still single but mentally but I feel a whole lot better about the space that I am in now and I can embrace this and I am using this time to make myself better right. and I think that that kind of goes along with the lines of where we were going, you know, with this in terms of kind of growing spiritually, it's that I am now using this time to connect to myself and to connect to God and to just attempt to be more whole within myself. If that makes sense. I think that people, a lot of times people lose themselves in relationships or they look to a relationship to fill some gap within them. And that, I don't think is how that's supposed to go. Mm -hmm. I really feel like it's best if you are a whole person that is is a good sound disposition and then you meet another whole person and you guys complement each other. But it's not like y'all are pulling from each other. That's not what Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be. So I've just kind of accepted this space as a time of growth and as a time of me really finding my purpose here my purpose on this earth. Like my, why did God put me here? Because I feel like when you are in line with your purpose, your life is just better. Mm-hmm. You are happier. You know what I mean? And when you are happy, you can attract happy. When you feel good, you attract good. And, and it's funny because I thought about this recently. You know that thing where people always be like, oh, you're going to find a man right when you stop thinking about it. Now, I agree with that. But the part that people don't say is the why you're not thinking about it. You're not thinking about him because you're thinking about yourself mm. and about your life right. And you ain't even worried about right. that man because you're good on your own. And when does the man come? When you're good. Right. That's the part that people kind of leave out. And it's yes. like, oh, yeah. So, so yeah, it, it, there, there really is something to be said. And so, I mean, on, on that level, I'm sorry, did, I don't want to. No, I mean, okay. I agree with, you know, everything you said entirely. I think that the benefit of you being in this phase or in this process or this place that you are now is that you get to manifest the next phase of your life, like intentionally. Yes. So you get to create it. Yes. You get to figure out who you are and then decide what you want as opposed yes. to just taking whatever may come your way when you're moving through life. Conscious. Right. That's and the that's it. Because I know that when people break up, I know they always say, well, I think there's some sort of saying, the best way to get over one person is with another person. Yes, and okay, yes, yes, you'll you'll get over that person, but you won't necessarily have fixed what was going on within you, why that thing didn't work out. 
Mm. And so that's when people begin to have cycles. Mm-hmm. You have cycles of relationships that mm-hmm. repeat the same problems because you're not addressing them when they arise or you're not addressing them at the end of the relationship and you are not trying to become a better person for your next relationship. Mm-hmm. So you're going into it at the same level. What are you going to mm-hmm. expect? The same right. shit, you know? Right. So while it's it's emotionally safer, and I almost use that word like quote unquote, it's emotionally safer to kind of jump into a relationship because you don't have to be alone that lonely place it's hurtful it's that lonely scary. Place ain't no joke yeah, it's like the depths of i don't want to say the depths it's, of hell but it's the depths it's, of something it's the depths of something i agree <laughs> I you know. are just despairing and if you wallow in that place you can live there yes. and so for anyone that's in that place i'm really saying actively Get your mind out of that place. Think of anything good. Do anything good that's going to make you happier. Go outside. Go in nature. Read a book. Do something that's going to shake you up out of that space. Mm -hmm. Because staying there, you can live there. And you're not going to find what you want there. It's not not there. You know what I mean? Um, I think people definitely, like, run from doing the work. So, like, what you did for the past, I don't know if it's four or five years now, was, like, the work like literally the work the ugly stuff the figuring out why you feel the way you do the showing up to your therapist the journaling the reading the fighting with yourself the discovery of yourself like that shit is hard people don't want to do that i know know. it's very hard to heal yourself after something traumatic you gotta it's not a game so But, you know you just you just take it one day at a time i think that that was a because that was something I used to say. I remember when it happened, I would literally go like hour to hour. I would literally try and get myself from hour to hour. That was how I processed life, hour to hour. And then it got to be day to day. And then it was like, okay, week to week to where I felt like, all right, okay, I'm gonna get by, I'm gonna get by. So don't have to feel, don't feel like you have to have the path figured out in front of you. Things will fall into your space when you're ready for them. You don't have to manifest the whole path, but you do have to begin to try and bring yourself up and not. And it is okay to feel your real feelings. Like it's okay to acknowledge and feel them. That's a big part of it. Right. Then, but then after a time, you do have to kind of release them. You're not forgetting what happened. You don't forget necessarily how you felt but you're not living in that self-same emotional space because living there is going to bring you more of that. You have to rise out of that space. It's a process. There are skills, Mm -hmm. yes. And there are many books that can help. You know what I mean? But, um, and that's kind of, for me, that, that was a big turnaround for me. Now, I didn't have a breakthrough necessarily in terms of therapy, like in terms of relationship per se, but I did have a bit of a breakthrough in terms of like life. (laughs) that's big yeah no it was it was it was it was a big thing because I remembered um coming back because we had one on a cruise coming back from this great cruise we went to the western caribbean you know had a great time family cruise and I came back and I was literally depressed like I I was sad and I I know people like oh you come back from vacation you're sad because you miss it yeah but that wasn't it I just was like I felt so low and it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense because I'm like, I have a good job. 
You know what I mean? My, 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 my child is taken care of. I just came back from this great vacation. As a matter of fact, um, my child was with, you know, mom, you know, so I actually was free. Like, you know, I had a week to myself and instead of being out, I was just sad. And I'm like, this is crazy. And I really got to that point where I was like, yo, this can't be life. Mm-hmm. This can't be life. God could not have put me here for me to go through life feeling this kind of way. Mm-hmm. Like, really. And it, it was crazy because then it was like no sooner than I had really gotten to that emotional space, I bumped into a documentary on um, Amazon. I want to say it was Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And called um it was called e hyphen motion 2.0 so like the word emotion but e hyphen motion 2.0 and um I don't know I'm not gonna say I don't know why it affected me so much because I mean it was there was a lot there but what it what it made me realize is that you can be trapped in an emotional space I guess I didn't really know that per se and I didn't realize how much the emotional states that you are trapped in can affect you physically. And just, I, I know it seems silly, but there was, there was that kind of awakening. That it's just, is like, okay, no, this, th- there's more to this. And then it was from that, that it opens up the, the world of the law of attraction to me and mm-hmm. the idea of manifesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm the type of person where I can, I love to learn. I'm a, I'm an mm-hmm. avid reader. That's just who I am. So when I learn about one little thing, I go into it. So I kind of went from there into learning more about the law of attraction and learning more about vibrations and learning more about energy. And then it became that I, I started to realize that maybe the way I've been looking at, I don't want to say life, but I, I just began to realize that maybe I had a very limited view of how the world was actually working. Mm-hmm. And that there were other ways to think about it. Mm-hmm. And so then it kind of got, it went into that space. And that was a good space for me because mm-hmm. then I was reading, I was learning. I felt like I was filling myself up with knowledge. And I felt like, I, I, I don't even, I don't even have the words, but, but it, it satiated me. It gave me something mm-hmm. that I needed for that hole that mm-hmm. was, in, that was in my spirit. Mm-hmm. It, just, it just did. So so yeah, so that was kind of where where it went for me, and then from there I began. And once, and it's funny because then once I learned about these things, I was like, I have to share this. I have to tell people. Yes. Like, do, do people know? Yes. Because <laughs> I remember I had a conversation with you, and I'm like, I know it's gonna sound crazy, but have you heard about this this stuff? And 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 it gave me a different energy, and it gave mm-hmm. me a different focus, and. Having a focus, having somewhere to put your energy is really important mm-hmm. when you're trying to figure out your life. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it, it just is, especially something positive to put your energy right. into. And it was an outlet for me. So that was helpful. That was helpful. And 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 that kind of started me on the, the, the uprise from that valley mm-hmm. that I had kind of settled into. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, that's definitely one of those things. It's crazy how, like, your lowest moments can be like the catapult, like the thing that just kind of pulls you back and yeah. like, woo, like, you know, let you go. Just you know what it is? Completely. It's mm-hmm. what, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but the re- I, I'd say that just because I've read this and I've been talking to a mm-hmm. friend about it, but what happens when you get to that low point is that you surrender. You surrender. Yes. Yeah. That is very important. Yeah. In order... 
I'm not going to say like in order for God to, to help you, but people love to feel like you got it all figured out. We got it under control. We know how this thing going to work. We're going to do A, B, C, and D and get E, F, and G. And then we try and then it doesn't work. And mm-hmm. we try another way and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then we're bumping our head against the wall. It's not working. Once you get to that place of surrender where you give up the control, where you give up feeling like you have it all figured out, now there is space mm-hmm. for you to for you to receive. There is space for you to receive from, for me, it's from God. You know what I mean? There is space for you to receive divine inspiration. There's space for you to just think and be. But when you're always spinning your wheels, trying to make things, trying to force things to happen, that's not, mm-hmm. that's not it. Yeah. So that, that there's that place of, of just really being at the lowest low. And it's like, God, please help me fix please it. Help me. Think, yeah. Please, Jesus, take the wheel. You yes. know, when you get to that space, that's yeah. when you're open for change. And it sucks that it has to be. And it doesn't have to be that for everybody. But I just find that for a lot of people, you're more receptive when you have gotten to the lowest point. Yeah, because it's like you're out of options. And once you realize, like I said on my, I think it was my second episode on my spiritual awakening, but it's the same thing. Once you realize, hey, I've been trying to do this by myself and it's not working, (laughs) right? So the definition of insanity is trying to do the same thing over and over and over again. And it's not working. So you're like, hey, I tried to do it my way. It's not working. Let's do it your way. Right. Let's try something else because clearly I'm out of options here. And it's like when your back is against the wall, you're right. That's when you create that space and you're yeah. like receptive. And you're receptive to whatever. It to whatever, matter. right. Okay, let me try that. And sometimes, you know, that's the step that you need to be at to build, right. to rebuild the foundation. And that's really kind of what I really think I did. I feel like I really turned a new leaf when I got to that place, because that's also when I just kind of got into, because we were talking about spirituality, but Mm -hmm. in conjunction with me doing all this reading is when I began to really understand the benefit of meditation and Mm -hmm. the benefit of quieting yourself so that you can hear a word from God or, or what Mm -hmm. your, you know, whatever that your divine connection is, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you have to be quiet. Because there's so much, I'm not going to be like madness, but it feels like madness. There's this, 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 this hamster wheel that we run on every day. You get up, bell rings, go, jump out the bed, get in the shower, drink coffee, get well, get dressed, drink coffee, leave the house, go to work, do the work, get the kid, come home, make the dinner. Oh, put the kids to bed. Oh, you got a shower. Maybe you want to watch TV. Oh, no time for TV. Okay, shower, get in the bed. And then you wake up and do it again. <laughs> it's the truth. And that is, we don't say it like that because we're all used to it, but that's what we're doing. And it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So I had to learn to to take a moment, to take a moment to mm-hmm. find some sort of solace like within yourself. And it has been really beneficial for me. I, I have to say, like, it's been I mean, you know, I do all type of stuff. But, you know, I maybe about two months ago now, almost two months to today, I think it was September 4th or whatever It's the 4th, 5th, whatever day it is. So, um. I started reading this book called The Morning Miracle. And The Morning Miracle was kind of talking about, his name is Hal Elrod, I think the guy's name is, um, the author. Um, he was talking about that, this being on this, on, in the rat race, on the hamster wheel, and not having a minute. And I think, I think he did it in conjunction with kind of saying, like, people who are really successful have a routine as well. 
because that's the truth. Most of them do have some sort of morning routine. So he was just saying that, you know, it's a good thing and it's not easy. Again, none of these things that make your life better are easy. Let's just start nope. again. They're just not easy. People, <laughs> you have to want and be willing to do the work to get mm-hmm. the outcome that you want. Let's mm-hmm. just let's just say that, right? So he's saying, he's saying, you know, just start your day, you know, an hour earlier. And in that time, you make time for yourself. So this is before the kids get up or before your partner gets up or whatever. Um, and you do the, 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 there's an acronym he uses. It's called a lifesavers. Oh man, it's gonna escape me. Oh, so, so I think the S, oh, I can't believe it. Silence? I know the acronym yes. you're talking about. Yeah, so maybe the S is silence, right? The A is affirmations. The V is visualizations, the E is exercise, the R is reading, and the last S is scribbling, which means journaling. Now, I know that sounds like a lot. And when I, the first time I did it, I was like, all right, this is a whole lot. I don't know that I can do this. But you take from these things what are good for you. You know what I mean? You don't have to imitate everything everyone does exactly. You take from it what's good for you. So now, maybe I don't get up an hour earlier, but I get up 45 minutes earlier. And I do 25 minutes of yoga. And I do meditate for 15 or 20 minutes a day. And that to me, and because I read throughout, I just read. So the reading I can always do, but those are my two core things. And then while I'm meditating, maybe there'll be an aspect of visualizations in there. And then when I'm done and I start my day, I I read an affirmation. It's a process, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's not meant to be overwhelming. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if you don't start somewhere, you're never going to get anywhere. So you have to take a step and start somewhere doing something to make your life better instead of just sitting still complaining or being sad. This is not going to fix anything, you know? So, so in, in the process of all this reading and kind of this becoming more self-aware about kind of the world and, and, and how I fit into it and, and all of these things, it has made me feel like more of a whole person. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that, makes me happier I don't feel like I'm lacking anything because I'm not with someone you know and I think that that is really the space that you want to get to is where you're just good like when a person comes that's cool and I'm very much willing like that's great but at the end of the day if that person doesn't come tomorrow if they don't come in three months a bitch gonna be busy I got things to do I got things to do places to go people to see you know and and you just have to be in that space of living your life in a way that is good for you so, right. yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's it a, lot. a lot. I wish I could say it, it, it's, it's easy, but I do think it's necessary if you want to end up being a healthy individual, you know, right. and if you want, if you want your next relationship to look dramatically different from the one that you're leaving, then right. you have to make some you real changes. You have to exactly be dramatically different, right? You do. You know, that's a real thing. So, and it's, and it's hard. It's work. Yeah. It's work. It's definitely work. But I think that it's amazing that you were, because so many people, like, you just go through life on autopilot. Yes. That's it. Like, yeah. from when you're raised and you're growing up, like, you have an idea of what you think life is supposed to be. Yeah. And you just kind of, like, take off doing that. And like you said, like, if you don't get a moment to kind of peek yeah. up and say, hey, I don't know if I like this very much. Do I even like Maybe, this? Right. Do I even like this? What am I even doing? Does this make any sense? Where do I want to be five years from right. now? Is what I'm doing now going to get me there? Like, right. I think it comes to kind of stepping off the treadmill, like getting off autopilot and really questioning and taking audit of some things in your life. Like, 
I don't even like this life that I'm working so hard to live. Like, how do I create one that I do love to live? Like, what do I have to do to get there or to become that person that has the life that I want? Right. And that's when you start, you know, doing the research and taking inventory and figuring out, okay, well, people that are living the life that I want to live, what are they doing? Because that's what I want to do. Right. So like you said, those things like meditating, getting quiet where you can listen to that divine inspiration. Listen to yourself because so many times we're just so saturated with information and everything, you know. So those are definitely some amazing steps to take. And like you said, it's not easy, but it's like I get to the point that it's like, well, what's the alternative? Right. If I don't like where I'm at currently, I have to take different actions to get different results. And it starts with changing your thoughts about it. Like this is an investment that I'm putting into myself that's going to ultimately take me to where I want to go. Yes, um, exactly right. right. Yeah, I love that. Actually, I very much love looking at it from that vantage point because you are right. You are taking the time to invest in yourself. And then there's a part of it that we didn't touch on, actually, which is self-care. Self-care oh, is yeah. Self-care yeah. is really huge. So so that's the other thing that I left out. I yeah. certainly made it a point because therapy to me is a part of self-care. Like that's yeah. for real. Um, mm-hmm. But I made it a point a few months back to be very vigilant about my self-care because I've got one body. This is the only one I've got. I got to take care of it. I've got one brain. It's important that it works the way it needs to work. And so on top of therapy, you know, I started doing other things. So I don't know what came first, but I, I know that I, I began having Reiki sessions. So mm-hmm. that's that's a whole thing, but we're, mm-hmm. not, we're just going to keep that real simple. But the idea of Reiki is um, uh, healing through clearing emotional blocks um, in your chakras. And your chakras are energy centers in your body. That is a very, very simple definition. People Google it. You know what I mean? But But at the end of the day, yes. So I felt like I wanted to figure out what was going on in my body. Like what, because that's when I began to learn about energy and this Mm -hmm. whole law of attraction and attracting Mm -hmm. what you are. And so it made me wonder, well, what energy is going on in my body? Like, I feel good today. (laughs) You know, you don't know what you don't know. And so I went to, I went to um, Reiki and I have an amazing Reiki um, healer who works with me. And um, she was able, yeah, yeah. You know, she was able to bring up things and um, things that I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that I felt this way. I didn't know that these things were sitting in my spirit, like sitting in my spirit. And I know for some people it may sound out there. Take from it what you will. One of those things. Take from it what you will. If you're here for it, cool. If not, that's cool, too. You know what I mean? But so I started that and I do that once a month. Somewhere in the game, I brought in acupuncture and it's like, where did that come from? I, I genuinely. Ah. You know where I think it comes from? <laughs> my acupuncturist shares an office with my therapist. And mm. so I would sit to wait for the therapist and I would see her little posters about the acupuncture. And then eventually I asked the therapist, like, what's that lady do over there? And she's like, oh, acupuncture is good for you, blah, blah, blah. And then I got a discount, I think, because I was there. So acupuncture, I kind of fell into acupuncture. Mm-hmm. So I do that. I do acupuncture biweekly. And I have been trying to get a massage in once a month. Now I get that's a lot. That may be a lot of self care for most people because most people can't manage to get one of those things happening in a month. <laughs> I get it, but again, I built up to this space and mm-hmm. I began to prioritize these things. They are important to me. They go on my calendar. They're factored into my budget because they make me a better person. 
And I think that people, once you begin to feel the benefits of these self-care rituals, they will become priority for you because mm-hmm. you're like, I want to always feel the way I feel after the massage or after this. So there is a whole combination of things that, and I mean, and I'm not saying you have to do all of them. Again, mm-hmm. you do what works for you. You start where you are, but do something, do something because not doing anything is going to keep you in the very same place that you are. So, okay. so there's that. Agreed. Yes, I'm definitely happy that you added that whole caveat because that's like super important. Yeah, it's um, important. Yeah. That's definitely super important. Um, so we are at time here, but before you go, um, I just want to ask you one last question. So, <laughs> for someone that may be fresh out of a breakup or someone that's kind of struggling with getting over someone and they're trying to get their self back together, but they don't know where to start. What advice would you give them? Hmm. Or a couple pieces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I'm sorry. <laughs> the first thing is, is just sympathy or com- compassion, better compassion, because I feel for people in that space because I was there. And so, and I get it and I get that dark hole. So compassion. Uh, the other thing is I would tell the person to be it's not the end. It's not, not the end. end. For sure. It does feel like sure. the it end, though. It feels like the end. For sure, yes. it feels like the end. It's not the end. Not at all. But really, I was going to say, be gentle with yourself. That period right after a breakup is really sensitive, and people need to give themselves time. It's okay to feel how you feel, whatever that looks like for you. Like, I'm not a big crier. You know what I mean? We laugh and joke about it. So I'm not sitting at home crying. But I know some people, it is completely therapeutic for them to cry their eyes out and then they feel better. Whatever that is, do that for a time. Do that for a time. But then, then you got to come around. And that time is different for everybody. You know, I don't know if it's, if it's whatever, two months, three months, but I don't, I almost want to say there really needs to be a limit to the time, though. So even if you make it a year, you're a year of wallowing in your own shit, whatever. But then pick yourself up. Then you got to dust yourself off. Then you got to realize, all right, this person jacked me up. That's messed up. Am I going to stay that person? Is that what's really what I'm trying to do? Like, am I really trying to let that thing hold me back from the rest of my life? No? Okay. So then what is it that I can do to feel better? And so then then it depends on the type of person, right? Because for some people, you can read books. You can read some self-help books that will help you kind of figure out some, some ways. I personally recommend therapy. I very much recommend at least talking about the relationship, kind of uncovering what all has transpired so that you can figure out where things went left so that you have a a place to kind of move forward to, so you can begin to think and do something differently. But I do think it's worthwhile to examine the relationship, figure out what went wrong. And it's not always about placing blame on the other person. Like I know that people get cheated on and I know that it hurts and I know that then they wanna villainize the the cheater. You wanna make that person a villain. While they are wrong, they are wrong for violating your trust, they're wrong for hurting you, but, it is worthwhile to look at why they've done this thing. Is it a facet of their personality that they had an issue with? Are there parts of it that you contributed to unknowingly by whatever that is? Because sometimes people emotionally just tap out of a relationship and think that it's gonna maintain itself. And it's like, no, let's come to ourselves and be real. 
and acknowledge your part of it because you're going to be better for it. You know, so then you get to that space of figuring out what went wrong, who did what, you know, and then you just begin the, the process of trying to find your happy. And that doesn't necessarily have to mean getting into another relationship. Find what makes you happy and sit with that for a while. So whether that is whatever that is, if it's exercise, if it's being social with your friends, having your girls come over, having wine, reading a book, jogging, spending time with your kids, drawing, playing an instrument, whatever it is, find your happy and stay there for a while so that you can begin to build up that. Mm -hmm. And then I think you need to add that that self-care in there too. Then you need to add that self-care. So it's a process. I think what I would tell people is to know that it's a process, but it's not the end. And if you go into the process once you get out of that phase, if you can begin to be optimistic about the process, you will be a better person for it. And you will attract better things into your life for it. And you will look back and you will say, shit, that breakup, that divorce was the best fucking thing that ever happened to me. But you can only say that when you come around the back. So you got to do the work to get there because sometimes, you know, People like to stay stagnant in things and that's not what's good for them. So sometimes breakup happens because you need to be shaking the hell up and you need to realize that you're just sitting still with a person, not growing, not doing anything. And that's not what you're here for. So sometimes if you don't make a move, God will make a move for you. You know, so there's a lot of things I feel about that. But at a minimum and in the in essence of time, those are the things that I would say is really live in that space for a minute, set a time frame. And then find your happy. Find your happy and work on you, and the other things will fall into place. That is what I would say. That was so perfect. That was so perfect. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your story, for right. being vulnerable, being transparent, offering your advice, giving your opinion. Like all of these things are super helpful, and I am sure that they're going to help somebody. I, I hope really so. appreciate it. You are very welcome. I am so happy to be here. And to if, if anyone, if one person literally benefits from this, then I'm good. Because that's the point, right? The point is to share so that people can know they're not alone, you know, in this thing. And so that they have skills and they have a way out. And so if this has been helpful in that aspect, then I'm all here for it. So, all right. Awesome. Well, tell the people where they can contact you, media handles. I'm going to put all of that in the show notes, but, you know, if someone okay. wants to reach out or anything, you so, have a Facebook what? group that's kind of booming. <laughs> so, yes, yes. Okay. So, yes. So, in, 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 uh, let me think about this. So, if you want to reach me, I, I almost want to give my email because that's really where you're going to find me, but no. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I'm right in my email box. No, <laughs> but, okay, no, I am on, I am on social media. Um. My Instagram is my name, O-U-R-I-A-N-A underscore, just that, so Oriana underscore. I do have a Facebook group um, that is a part of my new thing, which is kind of me in this space of finding my purpose and realizing that I, I genuinely am meant to help people. I am meant to help people with my words and by communicating. And so I am uh, starting this group and it is called Dream Big Create. That is my baby. Um, and so it is on Facebook. And so if, yeah, sure. If any of this resonates with you, it is searchable. You should be able to find it and you can request to join and we can add you. 
Um, and yeah, everything else is in the works. It's all a work in process. The website is coming up and the full vision is not there yet, but it is okay because I am taking the steps to get to where I want to be. So I'm a work in progress, just like the rest of y'all out here just trying to live. Just trying to live, man. <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm going to drop her social media handle and the link to her Facebook group in the show notes as well. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for sharing, Oriana. I really appreciate it. You are very welcome. And I just want to say that I think this is awesome. It is awesome that you have this podcast and that you are doing this thing in the space that you are in. I'm super proud of you. And I just think it is amazing. So thank you for having me. I'm absolutely flattered to be the first guest on your podcast. <laughs> thank you. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Alright guys, well there goes the episode. I really, really hope that you guys found it to be inspirational and that you guys enjoyed it. Please let me know what you think when you're listening to it. Please take a screenshot, post it on your Instagram, share it with a friend, a family member, and don't forget to tag me at XO underscore underscore Anastasia. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.